Okay, I'm going to jump directly in to going through a lot of these Iowa caucus results that we have and kind of giving a breakdown. I'm going to be a little bit quiet, and the reason why is because the family wonderfully gets to celebrate a snow day because of all the climate change that's been falling from the sky here in northern Virginia. But of course, everybody wants to know what happened last night and what's it mean. Well, the Iowa caucus has occurred, and as we were talking about on Sunday... There's a lot of stuff that we can take a look at. There's a lot of statistics that we can go over and a lot of polling. Now, the polling, it would appear, underestimated uh, both Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, and even Vivek Ramaswamy, and it underestimated, or sorry, and it overestimated uh, Donald Trump's lead, but really in inconsequential numbers. At the end result, Trump won every single county in Iowa, except for Johnson, which Nikki Haley won by one vote, which is actually like brain candy for conspiracies. I have a feeling she paid millions for that one vote just so she can claim she won a single county because Donald Trump very roundly swept all of the Iowa caucus. And it should be said that... This is a record. So in modern history, there has been, there has never been a single candidate that has gotten this much of a percentage of a vote that wasn't an incumbent. So typically when an incumbent runs, usually no one's really running against him. If there is someone running against him, they usually don't pull really any conceivable numbers, kind of like what you see with Democrats right now. There's nobody really polling conceivable numbers against Biden. It would be a very much the same situation. But what we're looking at in Iowa is Donald Trump got 51% of the vote. He got 56,260 votes in total, and that resulted in him being able to get 20 delegates out of the entire caucus, which I believe in 2016, I think he walked away with seven, and uh, Ted Cruz got eight, and it was in the 20s. So just understand that. So both Ted Cruz and Donald Trump if I remember correctly, I don't have the numbers directly in front of me. In 2016, Ted Cruz and Donald Trump actually did better than any of the candidates in this current cycle in what they placed in first and second because Ted Cruz won the 2016 Iowa caucus. Donald Trump came in second. They both did better percentage-wise. Ron DeSantis, or not Ron DeSantis, I'm sorry. Ted Cruz and Donald Trump did better. Now, Ron DeSantis did come in second, which was good because Nikki Haley coming in second would have been horrifying, Uh, but he got 21.2. Nikki Haley came in third at 19.1. This should be a situation in which we would see people actually drop out of the race like Vivek Ramaswamy did because he apparently is actually honorable. Now, of course, this has resulted in conspiracy theories coming from people like, you know, the DeSantis campaign where they've set claimed the entire time that Vivek is actually secretly working. He's actually secretly working uh, for the Trump campaign. You know, Vivek Ramaswamy secretly working for the Trump campaign, but so is Nikki Haley. Cause that's where the, De- that is the position that the DeSantis campaign is in right now is wild and crazy conspiracy theories to explain what's going on. Nikki Haley says that it's a two person race. After coming in third, so make it make sense. That's like kind of a Kamala Harris moment. But among those kinds of things, if we want to compare to other politicians, everybody else who's staying in the race right now 
is basically having their John Kasich moment. It's over, but you haven't accepted it. For whatever reason, you're still hanging on. And this is where we need to get into a discussion about infrastructure and what's really happening here. Because, well, there's been obviously a lot of statements made. There's been a lot of very bitter people. Sorry if my microphone's thumping, y'all. But there's something that needs to be understood here. At what point do these other campaigns have to accept whether or not... At what point do these other campaigns have to accept that they are now running for their own egos and running against the country? What is best for the country? Because consistently, these other campaigns have always accused Trump as uh, leaning in towards his ego and not doing what's best for the country. But what's supposed to be said about a group of people or a campaign that is going to be spending millions, tens of millions of dollars of donor money because donors are you know, except for Nikki Haley, she is an exception here because a lot of her donors are Democrats, but people who are donating to these campaigns are donating because ultimately they want to beat Joe Biden and the Democrats in November. So what do we say when there's, you know, money and infrastructure that's currently being spent on a primary that has absolutely zero hope? That's a waste of money. And speaking of wastes of money, let's talk a little bit about these debates We were told by all the other campaigns that it was cowardly and pathetic and sad and whatever you want to say about Donald Trump not attending the the debates. I wanted to see Trump on the debate stage because Trump on the debate stage is absolutely hilarious. But it also, much to what the Trump campaign said, was entirely unnecessary. He just won every single county, except for one, suspiciously. He won every single county in Iowa without having to show up on a debate stage. It was literally a complete and total waste of his time to attend the debates. Aside from that, I will say debate performance did have a little bit of a factor. I think that Ron DeSantis' success in the most recent debate is the reason of what may have pulled him over the top uh, when it comes to this Iowa caucus. Now, the problem is, is that it pulled Ron DeSantis over the top for people who weren't going to vote for Donald Trump. Although, well, in, in the caucus, I'll say it that much. I think everyone everyone who voted in this caucus is likely going to vote Trump, unless, of course, they're one of the Democrats that you know Nikki Haley hired or whatever to vote for her in the Iowa caucus, perhaps give one vote over so she can win uh, Johnson County. Now, the other side of that coin here is, you know, let's taking a look at the numbers, 19.1, 21.2, that's Nikki Haley's number and then Ron DeSantis's number respectively. So we're looking at roughly 41% or 40% of, you know, 40% of the vote there. Donald Trump has 10% higher than the other two combined. Guys, it's over. The primary's over. There's just no path forward for any other candidate. And it's at the point now where you almost have to start thinking it might be malice. Is it possible that this is malicious? And there's something very serious to consider here. What is the encouragement? What is the strategy for any campaign that is staying in the race after such a drubbing that has occurred in Iowa? The voters have spoken. The polls were not completely off base. These were all claims that we were hearing from the different campaigns. The, the polls were wrong. It was all terrible. In fact, there was a conspiracy theory that was being peddled out by, of all people, Chip Roy of Texas. I mean, he's a congressman. So when he puts something out there, 
you know, people are going to listen to it. But Chip Roy of Texas wanders out and like retweets some unknown anonymous account on X that said that that claimed it had exclusive details that the Trump campaign was going to uh, claim fraud in the Iowa election and they were going to blame Governor Kim Reynolds for the fraud. I mean, you know, it's one of those you kind of roll your eyes and look at a sort of desperate campaign that's kind of talked a lot of shit about voters and really kind of did not do a good job of setting itself up and has kind of failed down, like oddly started upward and failed even more and more and more and more and rolling down a hill. But then you started seeing all the accusations last night of election interference coming from the DeSantis campaign. Yes, the same people who decided to turn around and start declaring that the 2020 election was the freest and most fair election in the history of the United States and thereby Donald Trump lost fair and square and there was nothing questionable whatsoever about that election and so Donald Trump absolutely lost it to Joe Biden and therefore that's why he shouldn't be the nominee because nothing weird happened in 2020 we're just going to not believe you know don't believe your lying eyes Ron DeSantis is going to totally get this in the bag because you know it was totally totally awesome in 2020 yes i understand that that's a complete 180 from what every single person in the Republican party knows happened and saw all the weird stuff that occurred in 2020, but it's what the DeSantis campaign needed to try to sell their candidate was to act like nothing weird happened in 2020. And therefore that's the one big reason why you should vote for Ron DeSantis because he quote won his reelection. So, but with that being said, seeing Chip Roy an actual surrogate of the DeSantis campaign peddle a random conspiracy theory, probably joking. I'll give him that much. But then to see the DeSantis campaign turn around and try to claim that there was election interference, because let's just be honest here, the media, the basically the minute they could report, all projected Donald Trump as the winner. Why? Because they didn't want to stay up late and they didn't want to have to sit there until two o'clock in the morning when let's just be like two o'clock in the morning when over what your ego, everybody could look at the polls. Everybody could look at exit polling. When people were walking into the caucus, they were being polled. Those are called exit polls typically, but you do them in the beginning of the caucus. And it was just a complete landslide in every demographic except for the youth vote. The youth vote, the whole 9% that showed up, did actually go um, over to Ron DeSantis, which is great, but it was also only 9% because young people don't vote. So the youth vote kind of doesn't matter. I mean, it's great to be all excited about it, except it's 9%. It's literally a drop in the bucket. I mean, if if we want to be honest here with all the shit talk that we see from the uh, <clears throat> all the shit talk that we see from the DeSantis campaign, uh, that's roughly what Vivek Ramaswamy was polling. And supposedly he's complete garbage. So, you know, I don't know. Make it make it make sense. Point is, I'm I'm worried. And the reason why I'm worried is if you stay in its arrogance. There's zero reason. You're just wasting people's money. You're wasting the GOP's money. Um, you're wasting infrastructure, money, energy, and time and everything that we could all be using to defeat Democrats, who we agree is supposed to be the enemy that we are trying to defeat here. So it is a little surprising to see the arrogance of these candidates that are going to stay in when there's literally zero hope that they're going to survive. But the other part that worries me is that it might be something even more nefarious. 
candidates who are staying in the race beyond this absolutely deserve to face the accusation that they are hoping that Democrats are successful in jailing their primary opponent. And that is their election scheme. That is, that is their, their plan, their strategy, the election strategy for these candidates that are staying in is that Democrats are successful in jailing their opponent. And then a, you know, smoky back room at GOP headquarters crowns them, either DeSantis or Haley, the nominee because the donors pressure it. That appears to be the strategy of anyone who sticks around after this Iowa caucus. If we don't see campaigns close down, I think that it is rightful for us to take a look at that and, and really ask that question. Is this campaign built on the idea that they want willingly Democrats to be successful and throw Trump in jail on spurious charges and they're willing to have a country where a political party jails their political opponent and they basically have to want that to happen so they can be president. But I mean, I know it just sounds, I, I can pick that apart in a million different ways. But that has to be what the wish is if you're staying in this, because that's the only conceivable way that you win. That's the only way that anyone becomes a nominee besides Donald Trump is that you have to willingly want Democrats to be successful in persecuting a Republican candidate, which is insane. And then you're going to what turn around and try to convince voters that that was good or convince voters that that was okay or what convinced them that the charges were legitimate, even though everyone knows they're political. I mean, hell, even the Democrats like are flat out saying like, yeah, who cares? He's just terrible. Like what's, what's the plan here? But that really does seem like it's the, it's the plan. And when it's someone like Nikki Haley, who's getting money from Democrats and, you know, is basically a neocon war hawk and, you know, focused on the normies that makes a little bit of sense but Ron DeSantis I really really hope that somebody who does make the future of the Republican Party look pretty good I would really hope that he didn't listen to bad advice and thinks that that's a viable way forward for the party the country even it's just insane to me but then again, I, I can't 100% say that's impossible because Ron DeSantis is a campaign of bad advice. Ron DeSantis came in, you know, looking great. He had wonderful name recognition. The Republican Party loved him. <coughs> the problem that Ron DeSantis ran into is he listened to the wrong people. All he needed to do was appeal to the same people who like Donald Trump and then focus on maybe some of the areas that could have made him a little bit more dominant in the ways that made him dominant, make himself more of a fighter, 
I mean, I hate to say it, or not hate to say it, and it's not politically nice to do, but it would have been great for DeSantis, lean a little bit more into the people who called you an authoritarian for going after Disney, or for some of the school stuff you did. Lean into the accusations of authoritarianism or fascism. That doesn't mean declare yourself a fascist, but lean into it. You know, challenge your challenge your critics and challenge them into saying why it was bad. Why are you saying that that's bad? And go after that. But he didn't. He came into the race and decided that he wanted to appeal to what normie cons. Him and Nikki Haley were fighting over basically the people who still think that it's 2000. You know, still think that it's like George W. Bush's Republican Party. That's who Ron DeSantis focused on. Like he focused on this small sect of evangelical Christians who just thought Trump was too gross, ew, but still wanted, you know, conservative stuff. And as we're seeing here, it's what 20% of the Republican Party in reality. And it was weird because he had so much appeal across the board. And there's so many consultants out there that have no goddamn idea what's really going on in the Republican Party. They have no attachment to the voters. They have no clue. And then you see the DeSantis campaign come out and basically he got wishy-washy on foreign policy. You know, he seemed anti-interventionist. It seemed great. And then he got squishy on it. And then at the same time, he seemed like he was going to be a fighter. He was going to go out there and throw punches and, you know, challenge the media and basically be the dickhead we need someone to be when you have all of these terrible people and instead he tried to pull the whole squishy everybody should love me I'm just such a nice likable guy I'm just so lovable and gosh I'm so inoffensive and it's because he got bad advice he listened to establishment Republicans he listened to people who honestly can't win and haven't won in a very long time you know, those people didn't win Donald Trump the presidency in 2016. So they've lost every race since George W. Bush. But for some god-awful reason, that's the line Ron DeSantis went with, and it was a massive mistake. So, once again, another accusation that the DeSantis campaign makes against Trump, Ron DeSantis surrounded himself with some bad hires. I think that he needs to do the right thing as, long, as well as every other candidate and get the hell out of the race back Trump and let's focus on fighting the people that everyone declares that they want to fight, which is the Democrats and Joe Biden. Otherwise, I'm going to be very suspicious of your motives, but that's going to be it for the recap today. You'll be sure to catch more sometime next week because we will not be live on Sunday, but we will continue taking a look into this. And of course, if you want to get more of this information on the fly, you can by going to subscribestar.com forward slash wrong think radio. And for $2.99 a month, you can join our Discord server where we talk about this stuff basically all the time, and you'll get all of that in-depth analysis. I'm Aaron from the East Coast, and this is Wrong Think Radio.